Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knutson had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. In today's episode, I talk with Brett Hofstadt about how and why drones are being used in the AEC industry, specifically among civil engineering companies. We're going to be speaking about the challenges, risks, and concerns that go along with using drones. And I have to tell you, this is a really trendy topic. It's out there. It's important. There's companies that are installing departments on drones in the civil world. And this is a really good overview episode. And if it's well-received, we're going to do some additional episodes on drones and get some other experts in to talk about this really fascinating potential, well, not potential, it's here, but this fascinating avenue that civil engineering companies can potentially leverage in better serving their clients. Before we get into our civil engineering conversation of the week, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the civil FE or PE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in civil engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code CIVIL at PPITopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number 2, pass.com. And use the promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. I also want to mention that they do have a program for companies. So if you're an executive, a manager, you can enroll multiple people into PPI programs. I also want to take a minute to mention two job openings that have come to our attention. We were recently able to hook someone up with a job through the podcast, so why not try a few more here? One is a civil engineering designer with at least three years of experience in AutoCAD Civil 3D, and this is in Texas. You must be proficient in preparing drawings in Civil 3D, be able to work with minimal supervision, and also be able to discuss the plans with project and client managers within the firm to discuss your progress and potential design concerns. Another project is a project manager role in civil engineering. It's required that this person have land development experience in the city of Austin. So you've had to have some type of land development experience in the city of Austin for this position. You'll be responsible for overseeing the preparation of site plans, grading plans, drainage plans, drainage area maps, utility plans, traffic control plans, and similar plan sheets by the CE design team. You'll also be responsible for obtaining necessary permits, site development permits, subdivision permits, Texas DOT permits and TCEQ permits. And if you're interested in either one of those positions, the one with three years experience or the project manager role, email anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com and make it clear on the subject that you're interested in one of those positions. Now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's civil engineering conversation so you get to learn a little bit more about him before we dive in. Brett Hofstadt is the vice president of Drone Pilots Federation and also the owner of Brett Hofstadt Consulting. He has a PMP certification in project management and two degrees in aerospace engineering. He is also author of the book, How to Be a Rocket Scientist, 10 Powerful Tips to Enter the Aerospace Field and Launch the Career of Your Dreams. While working in the aerospace industry, he brought disruptive innovations such as 3D printing, crowdfunding, two inventions, and agile project management into his employer. 
Now he is helping engineering companies and innovation leaders within them bring unmanned aircraft or drones into their operations to reduce costs, improve scheduling, and create more value for them and their customers. All right, now it's time to jump into this week's Civil Engineering Conversation. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now it's time for our Civil Engineering Conversation, and today's guest is Brett Hofstadt. Brett, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. It's a pleasure, a privilege, and honor for me to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's great to have you. We had Brett on the Engineering Career Coach podcast way back on episode 48, talking about innovation in your engineering career. And since that time, Brett has gotten involved in a very interesting industry, which is drones. It's something that's new, it's something that's real, and it's something that can certainly have an impact on civil engineers, civil engineering companies, architectural companies, construction companies. And that's what we're going to dive into a bit. You heard Brett's bio and some of the stuff he's been doing, some of his experience. Brett, let's just start simple for those listeners that still don't really understand what a drone is. Can you explain what a drone is and give some ideas of their usage, some things that they're used for? Well, broadly speaking, drones refer to autonomous robots. And they actually are existing now, being used in industry across the air, land, and sea. And my focus primarily is with airborne drones, which are called often unmanned aerial systems, or UAS, or unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs. But they actually do have applications on land and water, and maybe we'll actually get into that because they do have applications there for AEC people in all areas. But the aerial drones are the big excitement now, where it's really a race and a convergence of a lot of technologies with autonomy, uh, sensors, uh, batteries, and they're providing, in many ways, a bird's eye view of projects in engineering and construction, a literal bird's eye view from the air. And uh, we'll get into more details, I'm sure, but they're basically now, there's a huge number of people and technologies that are working to advance this technology and these capabilities. So it's a great opportunity for people in engineering fields who want to bring this technology into their business for greater benefits with the cost, schedule, quality, and uh, great career opportunities for people here as well to be a leader in their company with this technology. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a bit of a pattern that's developing on the Civil Engineering Podcast. We had Bob Willard, who's a sustainability expert, on the last episode, and he talked about how you can become a leader in your company. You can drive more sustainability measures and increase profits dramatically. And then you're on today talking a little bit more about how you can be a leader in implementing the use of drones potentially for your company. This is all important to me because I try to help engineers get an edge in their career and have something that they can take and use to advance their careers. And this sounds like an amazing opportunity to do that. So building on that, Brett, if someone was thinking about getting involved in drones and developing some expertise around it and learning how to use them, what are some things that you need to do in order to be able to use these unmanned aerial systems? What are the guidelines, regulations? Great question. So let me give you some context here for you and your listeners, because this will probably blow your mind, but it reveals a secret I'll let you in on too. If you look at the first half of this year, 2016, when we're talking, the FAA established a process for people to register an aerial drone for safety reasons and for commercial uses. 
Okay, you can actually register the aircraft that you could buy at Best Buy or you know, one of these drones. Within the first half of 2016, more people registered a drone in the United States than all people that registered every single aircraft that people flew in since the Wright brothers. It's amazing. That is amazing. And I, I could just imagine how many people just went to Best Buy and bought a drone and didn't even register it and flew it. That's right. <laughs> and the, the number, the actual numbers are, was over half a million people registered a drone so far the first half of 2016. And the total number of manned aircraft that have been registered so far throughout history is about 350,000. So that's a lot more. It's almost double. Now here's the secret and the opportunity for engineers is most of these people are hobbyists, right? Where they're just people who love the drones, but, uh, but now they are not sure what to do with them, especially if they want to make money with them or use them in a professional purpose. And so most of these people want to do that, or not most, but a lot do, but they don't have the domain expertise in engineering or construction or agriculture, et cetera. And so that's where somebody who is working in this industry, who has this expertise, you actually have an advantage because you know, what are your procedures and processes today? What are your quality control needs? What are your accuracy needs for inspections of buildings, for instance? Absolutely. And the more you talk about it, the more exciting it sounds to me as someone who is, understands the civil engineering world and how these things can be used. So really what I see, and this is different than a lot of people, but again, this is what I would call a secret. People haven't figured out yet, a lot of them, is that drones really are a new tool in the toolbox for engineers. So it's not going to be a magic tool but it is another tool to augment what you already do or what you need. And so if you look at it that way, it's something that you can bring into your company. Now, there is a lot of learning that has to happen. It is a new system. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit. It's basically you are establishing an aviation system within your company if you bring a drone into it. So there's a lot of learning and professional processes and procedures you have to do, but it's a tool to get things done that can create a lot of value for you and a lot of people with drones don't appreciate that, but I think engineers who are already working in the industry, they know, you know what your you know, safety quality requirements are, and you know the output that you need to have a good return on investment for something that you bring into the company, or you can figure that out. And that's where the opportunity is for somebody to, to bring a drone, to look for the, the highest value need. I know you, you're a fan of the Pareto principle, right? The 80-20 rule. So that's... I think the task for engineers is to look at your company operations and figure out where is the place where a drone can make the biggest impact the soonest for us, and then figure out how you can navigate your way into being a leader to, to help that make it happen for your company. So Brett, along those lines, like just with regards to actually being able to, being permitted to use a drone, like do you need a license or a certification or what does that look like? Yes. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about that. The FAA was chartered by Congress, our U.S. Congress, in 2012 to figure out how can we safely integrate unmanned drones into our national airspace. And our airspace is a federal airspace. So that's why now the FAA is the, the Federal Aviation Administration, is the lead agency responsible for the regulation and the oversight of drones in the airspace. And so now once you think that you want to bring a drone into your business, 
you're going to learn about the FAA and FAA procedures. One of the fundamental requirements to use a drone in business is to now have a license to operate a drone. And just in August of this year, August 2016, is when the new law went into effect. And so that's why it's very new still here as we're talking in October, but it's called a remote pilot license and it costs $150 to take the exam to get this license. And you need that in order to operate a drone for commercial purposes. If you're a hobbyist, you don't need this necessarily. But if you intend to make money with it or use it in a business, you need this license. And it costs a little money to take the test. And most people spend more money to get a test prep course, you know, go through some kind of training to pass the test because it's not a it's it's more complicated than a driver's test. Although it's only a paper or computer test, you don't actually have to prove any flying experience or skills, but you do have to know about airspace, about a little bit about aeronautics and FAA procedures. So it's a little barrier, but it's a much lower barrier because before August of this year, you actually had to have a manned pilot license to fly a drone for business. That's very good to know. And it sounds like that's obviously something that will have to be done if you want to take this into your company. How about insurance, Brett? You definitely need insurance. For people who I'm working with as a consultant to try and help them bring businesses or bring drones into their business, a lot of times what makes more sense is to find somebody who already is a drone professional so that you can learn from them and bring them in as a demonstration, perhaps, or you know, a test case. And so then there's some guidelines you would want to find somebody who's already a drone professional. And that's also something we do with Drone Pilots Federation, where I work with. We help drone professionals understand what are these needs in the engineering field, for instance. To operate a drone, you definitely need insurance and you'll need this FAA license. You want to find somebody who has an existing portfolio of work with references. Just like if you wanted to have somebody do your taxes, you could find the the friend of your sister who can do it, but you probably want somebody who actually is a professional in the field to do it. And so there's also things like, because this is really an aviation process and system that you're using, there are things like checklists and procedures that you will either need to establish yourself or find somebody who has these processes and procedures in place. Things like pre-flight checklist, safety checklist, emergency procedures, if something happens during a flight. Safety is really the number one rule that everyone needs to keep in mind, and that's what the FAA also emphasizes. So it really comes down to treating it like a professional, not as a hobbyist. So that means you also need to find the places, the applications, where there really is a lot of cost savings or schedule savings or quality benefits, because it's It does have an investment of time and planning to use a drone. It's important information because if you're thinking you're going to bring this into your company, if you're thinking you want to become an expert in this, you're going to need to obtain some of these things that Brett spoke about. And again, I think it's a great opportunity. And I think that if you're motivated enough, it sounds like things that are relatively easy to obtain if you put some effort into it. Brett, let's jump in and talk about how the drone industry is going to affect the civil engineering industry and the construction industry. What have you seen so far? Where do you see it going? I think this is really, really 
crazy. I mean, like it's just very opportunistic basically. And I want to hear your thoughts on it since I know you're working in the industry. Yes, it is. We are at the time now where it's like the gold rush. I'm biased there because I happen to live in Northern California now where the gold rush started. But I do see it as people are swarming into this industry now because they see all the opportunity. That means there's a lot of noise in the field and people are still trying to figure out how to make money with it, where the profitable niches are. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of victims or, you know, or losses you know, from this with either individuals or companies. There's even 3D Robotics. It's a pretty famous company that was doing drones. And now they're just recently, they pretty much said they, they didn't figure out how to make money with it. And they're backing out of the industry in some ways. But there are definitely needs and people who have found ways to benefit with drones. So I think this, again, is where it's an advantage for people who are in the industry to look at your biggest cost drivers, safety drivers, too. For instance, places where drones are really working well is with inspections of large structures, infrastructure projects like cell phone towers, building uh, dams, water dams, anywhere where it's very expensive or dangerous to put a person to do an eyes-on inspection because a drone can fly right up to that site and look just you know, inches away and get a visual on it. And some other areas where they are proving their value is with large uh, land areas for surveying. For instance, uh, construction site surveys would take a person with a tripod you know, surveying equipment work to do work that's probably measured in acres per hour a drone can do that work in acres per minute because they're you know, flying over the, the land if you have you know, several acres to measure. And then you have the processing that happens after the fact, but that still is much more time efficient and cost effective than having a person on the ground doing that. There's also cases with ground drones, such as water uh, sewage pipes or you know, subterranean pipes. You can send a drone through those too. So, Brett, can you give us an example, and you don't have to give us the name of any of the companies you worked with, but just an example of a project or a space that one of the companies that you've worked with has seen success with drones? Do you have any case studies at this point? Yes, there's a, well, two I mentioned with the, the dams, water dams. That was a successful case where if you could imagine you know, they had to inspect quality work in the middle of the dam. How would you get a crane over there? It's really impossible. Sometimes in the past, people would use a helicopter, but that's very dangerous too because you can't get too close to the building with the helicopter rotors. Another example is uh, cell phone towers. And oh, I'll give you another example is building scans. Because of the flurry of activity with drones and technology, the software alone is advancing rapidly. And this could be an opportunity too for engineers. Maybe you don't even use the drone, but you can use one of these software tools that people are using for drones, which, for instance, you take a, a laser scan of an area. So it could be a building, it could be an industrial plant, and the software then converts this to 3D point cloud and then converts it to a CAD model. You can compare your design to build tolerances. You know what your prints are, what should have been built, but with a drone, you can do a scan of your site and then turn that into a CAD model, and then overlay that with your prints that you gave your contractors or subcontractors and compare how well things are. And the differences pop out immediately, so it's a great quality control process. 
let me ask you this question, Brent. I don't know if it's too early to tell us the answer to this question yet, but do you see drones as a way to only minimize your expenses? So for example, like you gave a great example of, as opposed to sending a surveyor out there who's going to take a long time maybe to do a large property that could have areas that are inaccessible, you now can fly it with a drone and probably save a lot of money on the labor side of things and maybe even get better quality mapping out of it, which is a great way to save expense. And obviously that that will increase profits. But do you also see it as a way that you can bring in new customers and come up with other potential revenue streams because you have the drones? Yes, definitely. And this is where if you're an engineer who can have an entrepreneurial mindset or a business mindset, for instance, it helps a lot because once you have these photos or videos of your construction site over time, for instance, some people actually have a large enough site where they send a drone pilot out, or if they have a drone themselves, they say, I want a daily picture of our site. Just take it up in the air, five minutes, take a shot of our site so that I can get a daily progress report. And it's very helpful for people who work virtually or remotely, not at the site, if you're a project manager, for instance. But once you have all these videos or photos, a lot of people now can turn them into a promotional video, and the marketing department loves that. You have a time-lapse photo or video of your site as it's being built. Customers eat that up. It's something great to show after the fact. So you can reuse this data in a lot of ways for more value. It's great promotion for your company, too. It shows what you've done, and it's a lot more exciting and engaging than just a picture from the curb or a picture on brochure. That's a good point. Even think about it, using it in some of those other ways for marketing, business development, which could be pretty powerful in itself. And what I love so much about this topic and this conversation is if you are a good or great civil engineer, there's still probably a maximum level of success you can have in terms of salary, in terms of position. However, if you become one of the leading experts in a specific niche, like for example, drones, as a civil engineering professional, all of a sudden your horizons for success expand dramatically. So if you become like one of the top five experts in the country in the civil engineering world on how to maximize the use of drones, then people will probably be willing to write you a check for whatever, whether they want to hire you, whether they want to hire your company, if it's a client. And so that's why avenues like this excite me as someone who's trying to help engineers maximize their professional development ability To me, this is one opportunity that can really be helpful. So, Brett, as we kind of wrap up on this portion of the show, talking about drones, just if I'm an engineer, civil engineer, I'm listening to this podcast, I've heard everything you've said, it still sounds like a lot of work, it still sounds like there's a lot of things that have to be done. How do you recommend I start? Like, What are the first couple of things that I need to do if I want to get into this aspect of the field? Great. Thanks for asking, Anthony. I would say take a fresh look at your situation in your job and career. What's your expertise that you have now? And where are the major pain points in your company where if you could do something from the air, it would would dramatically improve either maybe it's your worker safety, right, to risk people falling off of structures. Maybe it's cost, maybe it's schedule. Uh, maybe it's coordination across you know, people from different locations. And then if you want to figure out 
how you could use drones in this scenario to bring major value for your company, I would love to talk with that person, talk with you and find out how could drones fit into your picture in your equation. Because something that we're doing with Drone Pilots Federation is actually trying to connect these experts in the domains with the drone professionals so we can promote these professionals in the engineering industry and just connect you with a drone person, a drone expert, and accelerate your process to learn and bring value. And it helps the entire industry too. And then, like you said, this could be a great path for somebody to, to give a webinar, give presentations, go to conferences maybe to speak about your industry. So there's definitely tons of opportunity out there. And, and I'd love to work with any of your listeners to make that happen. That's great. And what I'll add to what Brett said was I would not be afraid to go to your supervisor or boss and tell them about your desires. I think that I just recently spoke to a member of our engineering mastermind community who's trying to do some big things with his company and he wants to start a whole new department. And I said, have a conversation with the company and say, listen, I think there's a huge opportunity for us in getting involved with drones. Here are some things I think we can do. We're going to need some budget. This is what I, I'm going to need to do this. Are you willing on making an investment in this division? I think it does a lot for you in your career. Number one, you're going to kind of publicly put yourself on the line with your company and say, listen, I'm willing to take a risk and try to build this out for our company. And number two, you could become the pioneer in your company for this service. And it could be really, really beneficial to you. And I know I'm kind of driving this home quite a bit on the podcast, but listen, this is how you take massive action for growth in your career. And Brett mentioned the Pareto principle, the 80-20 approach. This is the 80-20 approach to rapid growth as an engineer is finding a niche, an opportunity that's new, something that you like, that you can get into and then get into it and run with it. Whether it's, you know, eventually becoming your own expert in the field and your own consulting firm and niche, kind of like Brett's doing, or it could be just working within your company and building out like a premier drone services division or something along those lines. So I think it's really, really powerful. I agree with you. A lot of people are probably thinking of, oh, I could start, go off and start my own business with drones, maybe. But I would really say, based on my experience, it's much better to start within a company and learn how can I bring this into the company because you have the benefit of having a daytime job already. You have that safety and security. But you could the companies still need somebody with inside the company to figure these things out, how to use a drone. So it's really great opportunity for somebody who is in the company now to be the advocate, the catalyst, you know, or the innovator inside the company to make this happen. So I just want to emphasize your point that it is a great opportunity and there are a lot of people on the outside working with drones, but biggest opportunities and needs really are people who are in the existing companies that want to do something with this. Brett, where are some sources of information on drones that people can look to try to get information? Is there like a standout society or website or news source? Well, it's a, a pretty crowded field, honestly. So I would say there's a lot of free videos on YouTube and other places. You could probably just do a Google search for your industry and drones. There are some companies I could give people, but maybe a better thing would be uh, I'd, I'm happy to connect with people, any of your listeners at Drone Pilots Federation. Uh, I'm on Twitter. You can find me, uh, Brett Rocketsai, or LinkedIn. Actually, I'll definitely recommend LinkedIn, and hopefully people have been listening to you. They have a LinkedIn profile, so we could start there, right? And then we'll just take it from there. Based on person's industry, I could 
try to point them in a good direction quickly. That's perfect. And we'll link to all of Brett's contact information in the show notes for today's episode. But before we do let Brett go, we're going to transition into our CE hot seat segment. And we're going to ask Brett a few questions about his own development. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now it's time for our CE hot seat segment, which in today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE or PE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their civil FE and PE review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com. And use promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. I also want to remind you that we had a couple jobs that came to our attention. If you're interested in either one of these jobs, email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. One of them is a civil engineering designer with at least three years of experience with AutoCAD Civil 3D. And this is in Texas. You must be proficient in preparing drawings in Civil 3D and be able to work with minimal supervision. The other position is a project manager role in civil engineering where land development experience in the city of Austin is required. You'll be overseeing site plans, grading plans, training plans. Also, you'll have to obtain necessary permits on projects, site development, subdivision permits, Texas DOT, and TCEQ permits. So again, email me at anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com. All right, Brett, it's time for the CE Hot Seat. Are you ready for some questions? I'm ready. Bring it on. All right, first question. Are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or lunchtime ritual, things that you do consistently on a daily basis that contribute to you being a successful professional? All right. Well, I'm always looking for ways to improve myself and my time, my efforts. So something I have just been doing for the past two months, I'll say, and I'll share, is called the five-minute journal. And have you heard of this? I have one, actually. Oh, you do? Okay, great. Yep, so I've been doing that, and basically it's probably about five minutes in the morning, maybe five minutes at night, a structured diary or journal where you list the things uh, that you're grateful for, big things you want to accomplish that day, and it's uh, some also some self-affirmations about how you see yourself becoming. So you can have that in mind as you start your day. And then at the end of the day, you reflect on these things and emphasize the bright spots, and you know, here's the good things that happened today, here's the things I could have done better. So it's a daily feedback loop to keep focused on what's important to you. Appreciate every day that you have alive and make every day better than the next. So it's been great for me so far. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's great. And I do have the five-minute journal. And I also just purchased, actually last night, I haven't received it yet, something called the self-journal, which is along the same lines, but you can use it throughout the day kind of to stay focused on your task. So I'm, I'm looking forward to starting to use the self-journal and we'll link to both of those items in the show notes. All right, Brett, what is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you have found to be extremely helpful in your professional or personal development? Well, gosh, it's hard to pick one, but I think based on our topic about drones and other things that are happening, I'll have to give a, another plug for Seth Godin one of his books. And so the one I'll pick is Lynchpin, which is about being the person who makes a difference, who picks themselves to be a leader and 
make things happen for themselves, for their company. And that really, that book really inspired me, motivated me to step up, pick myself and become a leader in my field. Yeah, that's great. And I agree. Lynchpin's a wonderful book. I have it on my shelf. I have the audio book. And it's also, you know, the idea behind it is exactly what we were talking about is you could go on in your civil engineering career doing the same thing that you're doing now. And it would be probably relatively easy. I mean, you'll advance, you'll have to work hard, but it'll be harder to try to become an expert in the drone field. But if you want to become a linchpin, meaning if you want to be able to provide so much value for people that you're going to be you know, constantly way ahead of the game, you have to do something like identifying the avenues to do that and taking the steps to do it. So that's a great book recommendation for this topic for sure. All right. I've got one final question here, Brett, and this is, we call it the, the civil engineering career elevator advice question, which basically is that if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her, you had to give him or her some career advice in that short period of time, what would it be? Okay. Tough questions from you, Anthony. I would say, think about your skills that you have Think about your passions, things you're passionate about, hopefully something within civil engineering. And then think about what are the things that only you can do that nobody else can do or nobody else is doing today. I believe it is the sweet spot for everybody to find your best, most rewarding purpose in life or in career. I know I agree with you 100%. I think that's perfect advice. In fact, when you said that, it just reminded me I had a conversation not too long ago with an association that contacted me through the Engineering Career Coach website. And what they said to me was, we cannot find any content for engineers like yours in the world. And basically, that speaks to what you said, Brett, is you have to know what you're good at, what you're the best at, and continue to work at it, continue to build it. And if you do that, you're going to find success or success is going to find you essentially because all paths will lead to you. I mean, that's what a linchpin does. I mean, you just, you do something better than most people. And again, goes in with the 80-20 rule, linchpin, all those things kind of stack up. So Brett, that's perfect advice. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Civil Engineering Podcast. Brett mentioned where you can connect with him on LinkedIn, on Twitter. We will put all of those outlets in the show notes for today's episode, which is episode 44 at civilengineeringpodcast.com. And what you can do also is if you go to civilengineeringpodcast.com and find the episode, you're going to find a full summary of all of the key points that we discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that were mentioned during the episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We do monitor the comments, and we will make every attempt to respond if you leave one. And I will make sure that Brett has access to the site as well so that he can try to respond to questions if you leave them through the post. Once again, Brett, thanks. It sounds like you're doing great things out there, and you know, I wish you the best to keep it up. Thank you again, Anthony, for having me on your show. I'm a big fan. and love what you're doing for other engineers. So I hope everyone is a big fan of yours too. So subscribing to all your outlets and we'll see you at the top. Thanks, Brett. All right, everyone, until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. 
Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com, where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.